Welcome to the Biz Bash podcast, where we make biz strategy a piece of cake. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Cammie, but you might know us better as Eliza and Calligraphy and Cammie Monet. We want to help you, our fellow stationers, artists, and calligraphers, confidently build a profitable and personality-driven creative biz. We're here to share our honest-to-goodness advice and actionable strategies for ambitious artists. So put on your party hat, quit being a procrastinator gator, and let's get this party started. y'all welcome back to the biz bash podcast today we're having a really fun episode all about how to introduce a new product category into your biz so if you're thinking of adding in a new product line to your business this is going to be a super awesome episode i'm going to break down nine things you need to do and of course it's in cami style so it's going to get a little combobulated but i hope this is helpful this is kind of the process that i go through when i add something new and by a new product category i don't mean just adding a new product per se. But in this example, I'm going to be talking about how I added notepads into my shop. And that's a whole nother category versus like the art prints, mugs, greeting cards, so that kind of thing. So I'll be going through the steps. Hopefully this is helpful. And yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) I'm very excited to learn from you, Cammie, about this a little more because I don't really do a ton of products in my biz. So Basically, Cami is going to be sharing most of the things for this, but I will definitely be asking lots of questions along the way. So let's yeah. go ahead and get started. Yeah. So um, so one of the things with having new product categories into your business um, and into your line, it's going to really help you gain new customers and revitalize those old customers because they can come back to you if they already love working with you or buying from you. They can come back and get something new. And if you're thinking about doing wholesale in the future, or you already are doing wholesale, having a different product categories is really attractive for wholesale buyers because they can pick and choose based on their customers' preferences and what works best for their shop. So you're not just limited to one product category. Um, You have a little mix and match and it makes it easier for them to meet your order minimum so they're more likely to purchase. Okay, so let's start talking about it. I almost said dive in. I know. I heard you catch yourself. Oh my gosh. Also, a quick spoiler alert, you guys. None of the items that we're talking about today have anything to do with like actually creating the product. They're all about the things you should be thinking about before you actually create the product and all the fun artsy stuff happens. So this is all like the things that go into putting it into place in your business. Perfect. So number one, I guess, um, is to listen to your customers. If you guys are filling in the blank right now, the fill in the blank would be listen. (laughs) So there's a pretty good chance that your customers are already telling you what sort of products they like to see you make. I always get messages being like, will you please make a calendar? Will you please make this? So there's art people are already going to be telling you. So just make sure to take note of those things. Don't just be like, oh, okay, so-and-so DM me. Like take note of what people are asking you for because it could be, you know, a really cool thing to add in the future. And ideally you want these things to, these new products to already have traits similar to your core offerings. So for example, I'm a paper goods company, paper goods and gifts. So obviously the paper notepads were very, natural fit and they were a fun way to go ahead and and keep using my artwork. So it's really important to continue to sell to the type of customer that your brand is already built around. So if you go too far outside the box, it can be a little bit confusing and then it can be costly because if it doesn't sell, now you're stuck with a ton of random inventory that doesn't even match your brand. (laughs) So for example with this, y'all, I definitely made this mistake when I first started my business. Well, also I feel like I just didn't have a good grip of the direction I wanted to go with my product line. And so I was just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it stuck. So I had all these shirts that I introduced in my line, which I'm like, 
looking back, I'm like, why the freak did I do that? Like, that's a totally different, like, setup. I did have customers ask for shirts, which is probably why I was like, I should make this into a shirt. But I didn't consider how the shirts would actually fit into my line and overall vision for my business. So even though the customer asked for it, I didn't do my own um, listening to myself to see if it would be a good fit. Yeah, I'm cracking up with that because I think I still remember when you had shirts. Yeah. (laughs) When did you, okay, so like how long, I guess, did you leave those Uh, up before you were like, this is not happening? I probably left them up for a year. And like, I still sold some, but I was just like, what am I doing? Like, this is not, I just felt like it diluted my like mission for my brand. You know, I just feel like it wasn't, and I couldn't really wholesale them because I have to order a ton. So I was just doing like one-off order. So I didn't have to order inventory. They were just like individually made. Okay. But I was like, I can't wholesale these. Like the profit margin's not that great unless I'm ordering like a hundred at a time. And then you have like sizes to think about. And if something doesn't fit and they return it, like it just did not make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I think like apparel in itself is a whole just like very specific, different line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you're right, because thinking about like, that's what's always tripped me up is thinking about like, how many of each size do you order? I'm assuming like more mediums, because that's what would be average. But yeah, that's like really tricky to try to figure all of that out. But you did also randomly put a crop top on sale for like two days this past weekend. Uh, and that was hilarious. I know. I bought well, one. <laughs> I know. I mean, oh, yeah. So if you guys saw this, I guess this will be coming out a couple weeks from after this happened. But I did a butterfly art print. And then I, I ordered a crop top for myself just because I thought it'd be really cute. And I've been looking for a little butterfly shirt. So I was like, oh, I'll just get my own. And then um, everyone started... I posted out my stories about it and everyone saw it. So they DMing me be like, how could I get one of these? And I sold like 30 crop tops. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to put it up for two days just because I thought it'd be fun. And Elizabeth and I have talked about how sometimes when the mood hits you just right, you'll just do something like for fun. <laughs> and that wasn't really being like, I'm going to add this to my line and have this crop top. Like that was just like, I'm going to offer this for fun because I can. And the end. <laughs> so, yes. um, so yeah, totally different little thing. That was just like, a little fun something something yeah and for everyone out there who's like super confused like how the heck can you even do that it's because it was through a drop shipping company (laughs) yeah so you can order them like individually and she didn't have to order like a hundred in bulk so right that's why um, this drop shipping companies and the a to z directory shameless plug (laughs) exactly yeah that's why i was like and that's why you should join the a to z directory yes Exactly. Um, So on that one, I guess I listened to my customers and I was just like, this will be fun, but I'm not adding it to my line. So it's not going past the, um, I don't think I talked about this, but I do have like a two-step gate where basically two yeses from these questions that my products have to pass through before I consider them. And this is like, I did not do this in the beginning, you guys. This is like me learning as I go, like now that I'm kind of starting to develop like more cohesive um, product line. So there's a two-step gate. So basically, it's either are your customers asking for this? That's a yes. That's one of the gates. Um, Does this fit into your overall vision and direction for your business? Is this a natural extension of your brand? And the most important gate probably is this a profitable addition to your line? Do the margins work? So I have to answer yes to at least two of those. And I mean, the profitable is obviously like a given one, but you got to put it there just to make sure you're not getting crazy. Like you answer all the other questions, you're like, yes, my customers want it. It's going to be awesome. It's perfect for my vision. But if you're only making like $2 profit on it, then is it worth your time and money? So, 
you know, just things to consider um, as you go through. Yeah, I'm definitely curious about like the first one, like, are your customers asking for this? How is that something that they like, (laughs) communicate to you, I guess, or that you understand that they're like asking for it? Because it's not like all, you know, like, it's not like someone's going to pop out of the blue and be like, if you don't have something in your shop, be like, when are you going to offer like notepads, like someone might not necessarily do that. Oh, yeah. People ask for that all the time. Like I really do get DMs or emails or like messages in the order notes and being like, oh, I love this. I wish you would make this in a notepad. Or when are you going to make calendars? It'd be so cute if you did a pet portrait calendar. I would buy that in a heartbeat. Or, oh my gosh, you're going to do wrapping paper this year. You should totally do a pattern wrapping paper with this. Like people will definitely start asking for things or see something you've already done and just say like, oh my gosh, this would be the cutest sticker. And just like taking note of those things so you can be like okay sticker I'll think I'll think about that so just kind of like the seed of an idea can like rest in the back of your head for a little bit before you decide to move forward with it but at the same time I don't feel like you should base all your um, inventory decisions based on whether your customers are actually asking for it because sometimes they might not be asking for it but you as the expert and the product shop owner should already kind of know who you're selling to and you can determine what's going to sell well and what they're going to buy. Yeah. Okay. That's good clarification because I think for me, I mean, like I'm not a product business really at all. (laughs) So I've never had like somebody come to me and be like, you should do this because I'm like not really offering other products. So for someone who's like starting out, in the very beginning, they're not going to have that audience who's like, oh, like with you, Cami, like turn those butterflies into stickers because they're not going to have like any products at all. So at that point, it's more about, I guess, making that decision of like what they want to offer in the beginning before people start like pitching ideas. I think that's something that comes with time. Definitely. Yeah, it definitely comes with time and just like having it out there. I mean, but like think about when you start off with your Etsy shop and you just started off like you're like a month into your business, like your parents, your friends are like, oh my gosh, you should make signs. Like think about how much that like affected the way you did stuff in your business. When people are like, can you make the uh, this into a wooden sign? Like people are always asking for things and you just kind of like shift to it. But this is like, understanding what they're asking for and then like still considering is this a good fit is this going to be profitable before just like being like yeah I can do that kind of thing yeah but this is just like give you ideas to start from like maybe I would have never thought to do stickers I mean I'm not doing stickers but you know you see them like start popping up more like nobody asked me to make enamel pens but that was something like I knew like my type of customers would buy those things and it would be a good fit for my business based on like what I wanted to do Yeah, and they've definitely been a good fit for sure. Oh, yeah. Those are are really good. (laughs) So then from there, people will see the enamel pens, and then they might start saying, like, oh, you should do – like, they might offer more specific ideas for, like, types of enamel pens, like, not just, like, an entire category. Be like, oh, my gosh, you should make this flower into enamel pen or things like that. So it's just, like, listening to your audience kind of thing. But, again, like, taking that with a grain of salt. Like, don't let them dictate (laughs) your entire existence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad, like, I really like the fact that you have these four questions and that only two of the requirements have to be met. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like your customers are going to ask for everything all the time. So 
Is this something that you had ever heard from like other product people who do something similar? Or this is like truly what you have come up for your, no, for this your is business? truly what I've come up with. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this, this is so cool. It, it is. <laughs> Yes, like sounds. I mean, like everything you do is already so legit. But this to me sounds like so legit. I feel like we make a little like handout for it. You know, I feel so fancy right now. I didn't even realize. (laughs) I don't feel like it's anything like groundbreaking, but maybe it is. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Okay, now I lost my train of thought. Where was I? Where was I? Uh, Well, we're talking about. I think moving a little bit into like researching. Okay, yeah. So real quick back on like the notepads, because that's kind of like what sparked this episode idea too, is like me introducing that. Um, So I knew my customers existing and new customers would love products that they could actually use and would make really good gifts. And so I felt like notepads were going to be a really, really good addition, because they're a little bit more approachable than art prints. Like, it's not like you have to buy it and hang it on your wall and feel very permanent about it. You know, it's just like a notepad and they're consumable, which is awesome because they can be bought over and over again. Like, I think that's really cool too. So if you like love one of the notepads and you run out, you'll go buy it again. Like art prints, you buy it one time. So while considering all these things about the product, I knew I obviously needed to understand the market that already existed before I started putting notepads into the world which um, brings us to the second thing you should do before you introduce a new product category is research. So this is the research stage. So these are some of the questions that you ask in the research stage, like does this product exist on the market or has it never been done before? Just thinking about things like that. Um, What would be useful for your customers? What are the gaps in the market that need to be filled? For the notepad specifically, I started looking Number one, what types of notepads were selling well for other companies? Because you can see on a lot of websites, like they'll be marked with like a high sell through rate or bestsellers. Like on Etsy, they'll have like a bestseller badge. You can see like our grocery list notepads doing well or like daily planner notepads selling well, those kinds of things. Just looking at that Mm -hmm. and getting an idea. And I do want to reiterate you guys um, that I had ideas for my notepads before I started looking at everyone's stuff. And I'm not looking for like things to copy. I was looking at specifics and like nuances, what types were selling well in the market or in high demand, like grocery list versus to-do list. So I'm not looking like, how can I design this and put a flower here like this other company? You know, it wasn't like that. So I just want to clarify (laughs) the type of research. Same thing with enamel pens. I knew floral enamel pens are in high demand. I can see that they have a high sell-through rate on fair. I can see they're very approachable. Lots of people like flowers. So I knew like I wanted to add that into my line. So it doesn't need copies. It's going to need to be your original voice. So yes. <laughs> I think that point is perfect. Okay. I, I mean, I know you very well. I never ever would have assumed that you were going to other websites to like look at their designs. It's more of like that strategic, like you said, of like, should I do a grocery list? Should I do a weekly to do? Like, what format should I use? Yeah. Not like what design. Looking at like what already exists in the market, you know, and like I had my possum idea and I'm like, okay, there's not very many like possum notepads out there, you know, like just thinking of like what you could do to be different. Like I, I love when I find notepads or daily planners that are like not like a grocery list or to-do list or like t- something totally 
like specific to, I wish I could think of a really good example right now, but they're so funny and so clever. And you're like, they have that like a hundred percent on their own, like mm-hmm. um, just like yeah. the type of thing they're used for. But yeah, so it's all about just like understanding what's in the market and like, and you know, that feeling when you like, you know, you have a really good idea and you're like, Oh my gosh, like you should have that <laughs> feeling like, cause you're about to put something out. That's totally different and new. And you've researched it. You can see that it's totally different and new. So yeah, this is also good to make sure you're not like, accidentally doing something that's exactly the same as someone else um not that that you're copying them but then it just kind of loses it like it's like oh okay well this one's already been done so it's not gonna be exciting anymore like right do you at this point okay so like how long have your notepads been part of your line oh gosh I actually don't know probably like since the beginning of the year February 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 ish Okay. Do you know, like at this point, which one's the best seller? The paint palette. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. Yeah, that that one's the best seller for sure. The paint palette. Super cool. Then probably things to fetch. And then I'd say it's a toss-up between the forget-me-nots and the oh, I don't know. The rest are all just like toss-ups. Like they come up pretty close. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's really cool to know that it's the artist palette because you intersected your like two audiences perfectly I know and it's funny people who aren't artists buy it too they just think it's like really fun they're like I love this it's just so cool like oh my god I know it's it's really it's pretty cool so and then this week the possum has been selling like crazy so I'm like sweet which one yeah what does the possum say anything is possible oh it's so cute got a little magic wand it's so funny oh my gosh it's possum season here in Georgia, which sadly means that you see a lot more of them oh, as no. roadkill. <laughs> so, so sad. But anything is possible. He could come back to life. Oh, my God. Hey there, fellow stationers. Are you creating custom invitations and still sending a lackluster contract that's hacked together with Google searches and generic templates? We've got you. We've created a custom stationary contract written for stationers by stationers, and it is lawyer reviewed and approved. Hashtag legal rockstar. The custom stationary contract template covers every stationary snafu, protects you and your client's interests, and sets up an expectation of professionalism. We've combined our previous contracts as well as years of experience to bring you a contract that covers your booty and your biz. Become a put-together pro and breathe a sigh of relief knowing that you have a contract that is easy to understand and avoids confusing legal jargon. The custom stationary contract template is only $297, which is much less than what you can expect to pay anywhere else. And it's written by two gals who have seen it all. Spoiler alert, it's us. It's time to do things right. Go to bizbirthdaybash.com forward slash contract to purchase and download your copy today. And as a special treat, use code podcast2020 to get $20 off. And that's podcast, all caps, 2020 to get $20 off. Woohoo! Okay, so also in the research stage, looking for the going rate of this type of product. So this is not like a, oh, they priced it at this price. So I'll price it at this too. But more just like what is the range of prices the product goes for? And can you make the numbers work in order to be competitive in the market? So like, for example, with the notepads, I mean, they typically go around between like eight to 12, eight to $15 ish. So if you bring in a notepad and you're like, well, to make the margins work, I have to sell this for $30. Like it's not going to sell, you know, that's just like not the market value, like you've definitely overshot it. So you need to like understand 
what these types of things are selling for. So you know what you need to be buying it for or getting it printed for. Um, we'll work with those numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Which leads perfectly into my next point about crunching the numbers. God, I wrote this. I mean, <laughs> so, um, so crunching the numbers. So after you've done all your research and figured out that good stuff, in this stage, I reached out to five different manufacturers to find the best quality notepad for the best price that would work with like my margins and my numbers. Obviously, the A to Z directory that we have was so helpful for me for this because I just went to that, typed in notepads, and then I just checked out all those different companies, got some samples, and I uh, was able to price it out from there. It was stupid easy, you guys. Like, I literally use our own resource. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you guys are interested in that, it's just bizbirthdaybash.com slash directory. And you can become part of our membership and our awesome Facebook community. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So in the numbers too, it wasn't even just looking at not only just the price of the notepads themselves, but also like the shipping cost of things, because that can deteriorate your profit margin real quick if you're not factoring that into it. Because shipping really heavy things can be like 30 or 40 bucks. So if you're not like adding that into your overall like cost of per product, then you're shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So some questions you should be asking yourself here are, can this product pricing work for retail? Can it work for wholesale? What's the profit margin for both? How many units do you need to order up front for the margins to be viable? And do you have enough capital capital to purchase that many? Capital <laughs> to purchase that many. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on these questions, Elizabeth? <laughs> well, yeah, my, my wheels are just spinning thinking about all the different types of things that you have to consider. I think it might be really helpful if we talk a little bit about like retail pricing versus wholesale pricing, which is good because it looks like you already have some notes written on that. Well, perfect. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So with wholesale pricing is wholesale pricing is typically 50% off retail. So if you sell something for $10 retail, you need to make sure you can still make money selling that item for $5 wholesale. And I think this is where a lot of product makers, they want to move forward to wholesale, but they're like, ah, the margins aren't there. Like they, and they still think I'll just do it anyway and make like 50 cents or whatever. Or they, they don't do it at all because they don't work with a printer who has like the type of wholesale prices they need. So you just need to make sure you can still make money selling that item for both. And sometimes products don't work for wholesale because the profit margin isn't there. And you just, you just don't have to offer them in your line for wholesale. Like you just don't like they'll be available for retail only. Yeah, I think that was one of the greatest things I learned by listening to a couple of different podcasts and reading different articles is that your wholesale and retail lines don't have to be the same. I think for some reason that was like mind boggling to me. Yeah, I think I just assumed that like, oh, whatever someone's selling on their website, they're probably selling wholesale too. But that definitely doesn't have to be the case. Yeah, I mean, I didn't sell tea towels wholesale for a long time until last year because I couldn't, the margins did not work. Like there was no way I could make it work. And I was already like at a higher price point on my tea towels anyway with the um, vendor I was using. So once I started working with a new vendor and I ordered them all up front, large quantity, I was able to make the margins work for wholesale, which was really exciting because they're one of my best sellers at Christmas. So are you willing to share with our audience how much you had to pay for that order of tea towels or not? <laughs> um, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I know I've told you, but I can't remember exactly. I mean, it was in the thousands. I feel like it was four grand. I think it was four grand. Yeah. I was like, it which is, is in the like, yeah. So think about in terms of like how 
Cammy, for all of those of you listening, how Cammy has built her business over the years. Like she didn't come out the gate with tea towels, like wholesale, like it was many years of doing other products and other things. And lots of like, really like thinking about this, like she had several calls with me, like, do I buy these? Do I buy all these at once? Are they even going to sell? What should I do? Before you actually got to the point of paying that much money. I mean, it's scary. For the tea towels. It's really yeah, scary. It but you know, I was like, okay, I know I'm offering up like now I'll be able to sell them for wholesale. And I always get questions on that. And I've never been able to do that before. <laughs> so it's going to work out in the long run, but it is scary to order like a bunch up front. So I will say too, sometimes it's if you just want to start with a smaller amount at a higher cost per unit, just to test the market before you invest in a full blown $4,000 tea towel order, you know, <laughs> like make sure, you know, like I, it took me like three years or I don't even know how many Christmases I've been doing tea towels, two years or something to like decide, okay, I'm going to go all in with this because I had to order that many to make the margins work for individually. You know, I yeah. could have ordered a way smaller amount, but I wouldn't have been making as much profit. Um, so right. And remind start. me, like, because you have several different crust designs. So how many crust designs of those did you send to print? And like, what was the quantity you ordered? I had um, 24 crust designs and I ordered okay. like 50 of some, 100 of some. Okay. Based on which okay. ones I knew sold the best. And I feel like in this last Christmas, because you ordered them before Christmas, right? Yes. And I feel like you made minute at the last minute. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like you made your money back. Oh yeah, definitely made my money back. And I actually need to like do like an inventory check on those and see what because I have obviously some left over there on my shelf. (laughs) I mean, like figure out what I need to order for this year and do all that good stuff. But yeah, like I I made my money back and I'm I'm really excited. Like I love the company I worked with. Like they're a new tea towel place that I found. They're in the directory too, by the way. And they're in Nashville, Tennessee. And I loved working with them. Like they were so great. And my product was a lot better too. Like my other tea towels before were so janky. I remember I got that really bad review from this wholesale buyer. It was like, these are the worst tea towels ever made. The artwork is great. Literally the worst. And that was like my like deciding factor I was like I cannot have a low quality product selling at like a really high price point like this is ridiculous Um, yeah I know absolutely yeah that whole thing was like really cool to kind of like be how how do I phrase this like be beside you during that time that sounds so creepy and weird but like (laughs) I literally called you like every day be like I just can't decide you're like just make a decision (laughs) I was hoping that you might be able to, since we've been talking about like the notepads a lot as well this episode, Mm -hmm. are you willing to share like what your cost per unit is for a notepad and then like what the wholesale retail is? Like if you're comfortable sharing that information with our audience. I I can share that. Um, So my notepads, they are typically around like $2.30-ish, depending on if I order like a bunch for shipping costs. So like a $2-ish um, uh, cost per notepad. And then I retail them for 12 and then wholesale them for 6 Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you still have a good, like a nice margin. Yeah. There. And also keep in mind too, you guys, when you do wholesale orders, um, they're not just ordering like one notepad. They're going to order, like I think I have my order quantity, my case for notepads. I can't remember if I have it at 3 or 6 I feel like it's 3 but I can't remember at this point. Um, so they have to order like three at a time versus just one. Yeah, I know a lot of times for like greeting cards, the minimum is normally six. Yeah, six is like the case size. So yeah. 
How's your catalog? <laughs> uh, not great right now. <laughs> Nothing is happening. I haven't finished my course yet. <laughs> oh, you haven't finished your what? The InDesign oh, course. your catalog course, your InDesign course. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so it's not happening right now, but it will happen. It will happen before June. I just got a It'll on. happen. And I mean, currently, while we're recording this, everything with COVID is still kind of like full blown. So the wholesale side of businesses for people took a big hit because all of these like boutiques are closed. Yeah, it really sucks. Wholesale is very dismal right now. Um, retail though is up. So that's good. So it kind of, I guess, balanced yeah. out a little bit. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's great because your focus always was like retail first and foremost. And then you've kind of been adding in the wholesale side the past couple of years like more of like a slow and steady wins the race approach, which I've actually, I actually think has worked really well, like worked in your favor. Yeah. And I think too, like um, with all this stuff, I've just been like, and we talked about this where I was like, I finally feel like I understand who I am as like a product designer and like what the look I want my products because I've been like all over the map for so long and be like, I just don't know my style. Like I know my wedding style, but I didn't know my product style. And now I'm like, I know my style. And so I'm very excited. So I'm like adding in new stuff and building up the lines. I feel like once we actually like everything kind of goes back into normal and wholesale starts up again, I feel like I have like a lot more to bring to the table, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. I agree Um, with that. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, (laughs) Um, Also, you guys, in terms of like crunching numbers, getting back to nitty gritty here. um, So we talked about like your profit margin and making sure you can still make money selling that item at wholesale. And in some cases too, for this, I want to point out that you might need to shave off some of the add-ons or like what I call cost uppers. Like if you wanted to sell like notepads, for instance, like if you do 75 pages versus 50 pages, 75 pages obviously costs more. So maybe you're like, oh, I'll just do 50 pages or like not add gold foil if that makes the margins work for both. So just like thinking about, do you really need that gold foil? (laughs) Um, Is that going to be like, I mean, of course, it's beautiful and it's fantastic. But, you know, if you can't make the margins work with that, maybe just take away some of those like more expensive add-ons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, guys, we just wanted to hop in and talk about one of our amazing resources, the A to Z directory. All of us have thought at some point, how did she do that or how did she make that? And maybe you don't know where to start or how the heck to produce this amazing product you've dreamt up. Well, the A to Z directory is the missing puzzle piece in your biz, you guys, seriously. So it's built in the form of a yearly membership, and it's your one-stop shop for finding suppliers and vendors for all the things. Literally where to print everything from custom invitations, greeting cards, mugs, koozies, acrylic printing, letterpress, custom ribbon. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And it literally goes from A to Z. From acrylic printers to zipper pouches, we have it in the A to Z directory. We want to help all of you search less and create more with this list of 300 plus vendors and suppliers. Don't worry, they're very organized. It's not going to be overwhelming and confusing when you join. And this membership also includes access to a private Facebook community. It's incredibly active and involved. And if you need a question answered fast, that is definitely the place to go. Yeah, our Facebook group really is the best, you guys. Everyone is so helpful in there. And we're in there too, um, answering questions you guys might have. So it's a great way to get access to us and ask us things without sliding into our DMs. So we're more likely to answer you in the Facebook group, just saying. Anyway, also in the Facebook group, this is new for 2020 and we're really excited about it. We are hosting monthly 
Power Hour Q&A sessions that are live. And these are only available to our A to Z directory members. So you can hop in with us live and ask us all your burning questions in real time and just hang out with us every month. And we do these at different times so you can actually be there live and the replays are always available in the Facebook group for members. This resource is priced at $147 a year, which honestly is extremely affordable and it's full of so many benefits, such as exclusive vendor coupons for members only. And we would love to have you guys join. Seriously, it's kind of like our family and our tribe. So visit bizbirthdaybash.com forward slash directory to sign up today and use coupon code podcast2020 to receive $20 off your first year. That's podcast, all caps, 2020 for $20 off your first year. We can't wait to see you in the Facebook group. So yeah, so in this stage too, when you're crunching numbers, you'll also want to start nailing down packaging for your product um, because this will affect your bottom line as well. So how are you going to deliver the finished product? Is it going to be in a clear bag or like a cello sleeve or you're going to need stickers, shrink wrap, ribbon, who even knows? Like all those (laughs) things. We've talked about this before, but um, your packaging, I feel like people forget about this when their costs, you know, or maybe they just like don't even add it in at all, like into their profit margin. And it just like eats away your profits. Mm -hmm. So not only thinking about the cost of the packaging, but also the time that goes in the packaging. I know we talked about this too somewhere, but I was really, really considering shrink wrap for my notepads because I personally love the way shrink wrap notepads look like it just makes me so happy. I love shrink wrap. It looks so nice and neat. So I knew I wouldn't have the resources to package all my notepads up with shrink wrap efficiently since I would be the one doing it. And that obviously takes time and I have to set up the whole shrink wrap station in my office. Um, So I went with the clear bags and stickers for those. And honestly, it's been a great decision. I can get those out the door a lot quicker. and the tiny little things really do add up. So that time of the shrink wrap packaging would have ate into my profit margin. I just want to say from like a consumer perspective, I hate it when stuff is shrink wrapped. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. I hate it because that means I can't just like open it with my hands. Like I have to go find like a little X-Acto knife or scissors like to cut it cleanly and then to like pull it off. And then it like sticks to my hands because it's like static and like, so <laughs> I feel like having just like that nice like clear bag that you can like unstick and pull the notepad out of like from a consumer perspective is awesome. Well, good. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I've been opening up shrink wrap wrong my whole life because I just rip it open like a rabid gorilla. So I don't know. <laughs> like I never cut it with an exact. I mean, I would, but like when my hands get like clammy or weird, I can't get enough traction to do that. So. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, I guess um, my parents gallery, we always had like a shrink wrap machine. I like, that was like one of my jobs growing up, like shrink wrapping all the prints and the the mats. And I like love doing that so much. Like it was so satisfying. And I was like, really, really considering it. And I was also thinking about too, if I did want to add wrapping paper, in Christmas, like I would want to shrink wrap those. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, this would be like an addition for that. But that's a whole nother yeah, thing. How much does a shrink wrap thing even cost? I Did mean, you research like that? A gun, it's, they're not expensive at all. It's like 40 bucks or something and like maybe even cheaper than that. But if you get like a full on machine, I mean, you can go anywhere from like super cheap to super expensive. Like there's a whole gamut of pricing. Like they're okay. not, it's not like a super pricey. Yeah, but when I think of, like, using a gun to seal every single, like, notepad, that just sounds awful. It's a a time thing, for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe someday if you do expand or have like some sort of like warehouse or something with people packing things up, they can shrink wrap stuff for you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Like, um, and with notepads too, there is luckily like pretty good options there. Like wrapping paper, I feel like shrink wrap is more expected if you're retail and wholesaling them. So I don't know, but I don't have that yet. So I don't have to worry about it. So we'll figure that we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> yeah. Wrapping paper is a whole different monster. So yes, exactly. Okay, so the next thing you need to be doing, you guys, is to forecast the shipping situation. That was so fun to say. (laughs) So the shipping situation, like, basically, are you going to need new shipping supplies to get this product in the mail? Like, is it a really weird size? Like, are you introducing, like, this ginormous planner with, like, the three-ring coil binder thing where it doesn't fit flat or something like that? Or is it a heavy item that's going to require a large shipping expense for the customer? So this is really important in your crunching number stage two, because if you have to order a ton of new supplies, your profit margin becomes lower because what if you don't sell all those things? And now you're stuck with the supplies to ship this specific item, but that hasn't sold. So when I'm adding in new product categories, this really is a huge deciding factor for me because I don't want to add in new boxes just for one product. So this is another thing with like wrapping paper, like why I haven't added it to my line, even though I've been asked for it a thousand times is because I'm going to have to start shipping tubes and like figuring that out. Like that's a whole other thing to think about and like make sure I want to do. Like I'm not just going to willy nilly add like wrapping paper without thinking about these things. And like I got a wrapping paper tube from, I ordered some from Wrapping Paper Co. I kept the tube and I like weighed it. Like I was like, okay, how much would it cost to ship this? Like I was like testing it out to see if I wanted to add this to my line. So I was like already looking at those shipping costs to understand would the customer be willing to pay for this large package to be shipped to wherever because the tubes are long and when the longer thing it it costs more all that jazz so lots to consider you guys yeah definitely a lot to consider because that sounds like it would be kind of a pain in the butt because it's like if they were to order wrapping paper in their order and then also order a bunch of like small greeting cards and enamel pins i mean you have to strip them separately yeah yeah exactly it's a pain in the butt (laughs) like Oh, I I do see a lot of new product makers being like, I'm doing wrapping paper this year. And I feel like they get it at a place that doesn't have the best profit margin. I I don't even know if they're making money on it, to be honest. Like when I look at the numbers or like where I know they've ordered it from and like what they're shipping for, I'm like, you guys, I feel like you're not making money, but I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like wrapping paper is not the way to go if you're a brand new business you have to order like thousands upon thousands of sheets in order to make it profitable. Like it's not just like a, a small like test run thing, like, like art prints and greeting cards. You can order like one at a time if you really want it. Like it's so much easier and such a lower cost of entry than something like that. Yeah. The one thing that someone could try to do is use something like spoon flour or whatever, if they wanted to like put their print on there and then people could like order through that site and order wrapping paper themselves oh, with like, your design like, on it. Like Redbubble and Society6 and all those things. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. I ordered like a roll of wrapping paper from Spoonflower three years ago or something like that just for wrapping my own gifts, like yeah. for my family. But it was like $17 plus yeah. shipping or something like <laughs> that. <you>. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. It is. So, I mean, the quality of it was great and everything, but... Would not recommend if you're a brand new baby product business, think about doing something else, not yeah. wrapping paper. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a monster. So 
Next quick point, um, this is, I don't have a ton to say about this, but just consider scalability with your product. Um, so is your product easily scalable? Is the packaging scalable, which is basically what we've been talking about this whole time. So can you easily replicate 10,000 of these products if you needed to, that kind of thing? Oh my gosh. I think I realized something you need to add here that you forgot. Okay. What? <laughs> storage space. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so under considering scalability. Yeah, also think you also have to consider scalability in like, do I have room for all of this, which is yeah. why Cami has like never done mugs, because she's like, yeah, I could fill my house up with them. But do I really want to do that? <laughs> exactly. So yeah, my profit margin on mugs is pretty low, but I don't want to help my house fill my house with them. So yeah, but when you're looking at like grading cards, notepads, prints, paper products that can lie flat or be stacked on one another, it's easier to fit all of those in a smaller space and easier to start out with those. And same with Cammy's like enamel pins. She just has them in tubs and that works really well. Yeah, and they don't take up much space at all for like 500 of them. <laughs> like it doesn't take up much room. So definitely something to consider. Okay, and then next up, I think this is... Um, number six <laughs> guys we're working through it just I have a lot to say um, to run a pre-launch test so go ahead and gauge the reaction of your audience with Instagram polls behind the scenes stories and sneak peeks so to my audience they always seem like they're going to be just fun little tidbits but to me it's a strategic test to see how my audience reacts before I invest in a ton of money <laughs> And I know it feels like, oh, I'm giving away, like, whatever, like, they already know. But, like, if you're investing in a new product category, wouldn't you rather know if they're interested in them before you spend $4,000 or whatever? Um, and I promise you, like, the Instagram stories go away so quick. No one remembers anything about what you posted. Like, they don't remember at all. Um, so don't worry about losing <laughs> that initial spark. <laughs> and it's also good to go ahead and build up that pre-launch excitement anyway. Um, but the important thing is, obviously, to see if, like, this is going to sell well for you or not. Yeah. And if people are responding and giving answers and giving suggestions and stuff, that means they're invested to a certain point. Because I know when Cami, when you got ready to launch that artist notepad, which is like now your best selling notepad, people were super invested in like whether or not there would be splatter on it or whether yeah. or not there'd be a paintbrush. Like you were doing all these polls for like what the design should turn out like. And it almost gives your audience like it, it makes them feel like they're part of the process and then they get even more excited to see the final result and to buy what you've created. Yeah, that is 100% so true. Like I love asking my audience for feedback and seeing like what they like best. And like sometimes like, even I like I already know which like I'm going to do regardless, but I still <laughs> will like ask the poll just to, like invite people in. And I'm like curious too. Like it's fun to see uh, what people say. And so so using a call to action, like DM me for ideas or, or a poll asking you, which one do you like or what color is better, blue or pink? Yeah, you're giving choices between designs and inviting your audience in. It's it's really fun for them. Yeah, it's fun all around for it's everyone. Fun <laughs> and for everyone, you guys. It's fun and insightful. That's what we're here for. So. Heck yes. Okay, so number seven, this is determining how many products you'll launch at once. Yes. So it's more impactful to have like variations within the product category than just having one notepad. So I launched my um, new category with six notepads. So six is like my favorite number when it comes to a collection. <laughs> I also really like eight because I do that for Christmas. But six is like a magic wholesale number. Most things are sold in cases of six as an industry standard box sets typically have six. So therefore, I like the number six. Um, so I had six notepads when I launched. 
which I felt like was really good to increase that average order value with my customers because they could order like not just one notepad, but now there's three to choose. Like they could choose three or choose all of them to have the whole collection or those kind of things. So something to keep in mind when you're building out a new product category is can you add in more of the same product? Mm -hmm. Yep. But things like, you know, like a planner, like standalone items where they just kind of like they're solid enough to be just the one. Like, I feel like that's different. Or like a calendar, like your one calendar. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not really sure what like the word I, I would use, but like a standalone product, like a planner, like unless it's something like that, you'll want it to have like siblings. Like you wouldn't just launch with one greeting card. Like that would be weird. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of when Letterfolk did their little passports. And I want to say those they launched like in sets of six as well, or at least something similar. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to look it up. Oh my gosh, Letterfolk does these cutest little passports for like road trips and tacos and national parks and movies. Like you fill in a page. Freaking cute. (laughs) Oh my gosh, they're adorable. And I think I want to say they definitely launched at least six up front. Yeah. So people had different options to choose from. I just love everything Letterfolk does. And I love the things that they buy from other makers that also fit with their brand. It's just, they have done such a good job growing their product collection and then like still innovating and coming up with new products like their tile mat. Oh my gosh. I'm just like obsessed with them. (laughs) I know. I know. Like they're so freaking cute. Like honestly, like I feel like their tile mat is one of those like standalone products, you know? Yes, absolutely. Like they did like a whole Kickstarter for that and everything. Yeah to build up to get the funding to actually mass produce them and then sell them and introduce them to their line, which was really smart. And I was going to ask you, Cami, like, do you think this could be the year you design a calendar? I don't know. It could be. (laughs) It could be. I I would definitely do the perpetual calendar where it's like not, I mean, it's not like dated to a a specific year where it's like the birthday calendar or whatever. So yeah, that's definitely in the back of my mind. Thinking about the back of your mind. Have a, but a normal and normal calendar is consumable too. So I know, but I don't know. Like normal calendars stress me out. <laughs> yeah, I do love the idea of a perpetual calendar because you can buy that literally any time of year. It's yeah, not only like, marketable in like December. Like normal calendars are consumable, but you also have a very limited time frame to sell those. Like. Mm-hmm. after that it's just like well you didn't sell these now they're trash like that's it what do you think makes you most nervous about trying to introduce a calendar because you've definitely been asked about it a lot oh yeah definitely the, the time thing like the limited amount of time like I just don't want to invest in something that I can't like c- continue to no sell. but I mean even the perpetual calendar you're still kind of like hung up on that I just want to make sure that it's like really really well done and like I don't feel like I've found the perfect vendor yet like I've still been looking at one and like I'm I don't know I'm just trying to figure it out and like I've been thinking about like the designs of it too I'm not going to like start talking about my ideas on here because I don't want anyone to steal them of course of Uh, course you don't have to talk about your ideas (laughs) I still have a couple of ideas that I've been like tossing around so we shall see but I don't know I guess now things have kind of taken precedence over that so (laughs) um yeah by the end by the end of the year it might be a good for like Christmas. I always like to do some newer fun for Christmas time. So I know I'm still rooting for that. That's still one of my big things I've wanted Cammy to do for a long time. But <laughs> yeah, you and like a million other people. <laughs> so like, Cammy, I don't know why this is one of your things. <laughs> it is one of my things. I know. I know. It really is. I think. I think now, like I said, like now that I've understand who I am as a product designer more, I think that was like another huge thing holding me back. Was I was like, I just don't know. Like what I would, like now I just understand the look I'm going for. 
Like, yeah, you know, it just seems like I have much more of a better grip on my design look. So mm-hmm. I know yeah, that sounds that crazy, guys, but it just, <laughs> it holds me up a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> you're so funny. Okay. <sighs> Did we cover the determining yes. how many yeah. products section? Okay. Yeah, like having siblings with your product basically. And then number eight is to, and these are all, these are kind of like maybes. You don't have to do these, but offer early incentives. So you could do like a pre-order price. I did this um, when I was scared to order something that would be expensive. I would do like a pre-order price or a quick intro sale to get things moving on your new product and get them out into the world and quickly gain back some of that initial investment and get feedback too. So Pre-order, I did that with my Intro to Watercolor Florals booklet because I was terrified to like order a bunch because I was getting them printed and it was going to be expensive. So I did pre-order. So I already had them paid for when I ordered them. So I was like, anything after this is just pure profit. So if you're scared, pre-order is a great way to like take care of some of that initial investment. Just let your clients or your customers know like this is a pre-order price. Maybe you do a special pre-order price and like you say, this is going to ship out in two weeks when they are delivered or whatever. Yeah, I just saw a blog post the other day. Oh, gosh, I wish I could remember who shared it. That was talking about like the importance of pre orders for small businesses, like why it's a really good um, strategic element of a product business to be able to do something like that. Because if for some reason, you didn't hit your threshold, like say you want to sell like 30 of them, and you sell three, <laughs> it's really easy to be like, maybe this isn't yeah. the best thing. It uh, is for it's my just business. Like a, like a low risk way of introducing a new product, especially one that's going to take a lot of money up front to invest in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one, you guys, we finally made it. We're almost there is to plan the next version. Um, So did your new product category do well? Um, Keep your eyes open for customer feedback and use that to your advantage. Your customers love being heard and you get to continue to be a creative innovator in the industry. So just keep on planning and trucking along. Keep on trucking along. Love it. it. And that's my nine things (laughs) before you introduce new product category in your biz and then go take a nap because that's a lot. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was a lot, but it was all so good. And it makes me think about how like, I've been really wanting to move my wax seal stamp collection in house. And honestly, probably like revamp the entire thing from like a design standpoint anyways. Yeah, but there's so many steps to try to like get that done. And yeah, I mean, they obviously they sell like they've been selling like the last year without me even promoting them or talking about them at all and they would sell a lot more if I talked about them more um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I know it's a lot it's like the overwhelm of especially from the standpoint of like I have to literally go to like the manufacturer to create a certain amount of each of like the design like part of the seal and then decide what I want the handle to look like and am I gonna have wax sticks and what is my packaging gonna look like it's like a whole a whole thing thing yeah like a pretty big thing to think about all about at once and I just haven't had the energy to think about like anything lately um yeah (laughs) so but I hope this episode will be super helpful to people who are thinking about introducing new product categories or just a new product to your business in general or just starting with products period like if you don't have anything in your business what does this look like um starting from the ground up and 
Cami shared a lot of great inside info, including stuff on like wholesale margins and pricing. And I definitely put you on the spot there, Cami, but I'm glad you were able to like share with people. Do not care. So (laughs) you guys are my peeps. I don't mind telling y'all stuff. So (laughs) all good. Um, But I do want to like shamelessly plug the A to C directory again. I know we talked about this episode, but I'm not kidding you guys like that has helped me so much feel comfortable even introducing new product categories in my business because I know where to go for like actual wholesale vendors so I can make the margins work for retail and wholesale. It really is awesome. Like when I'm like, what could I add? I can just go through and like look at all the lists of categories and be like, hmm, could this be something unique? Is this something cool? Like, I don't know. It's just such a great resource. Like we literally use it for ourselves. I know. Um, I love using it for ourselves. And (laughs) I'm going to go take a look too in there today just to like brainstorm some things. And I don't know. I still have ideas that I could do an extension of products like for Eliza Ann at some point, which I kind of did through Thank You Society, but like yeah, kind of bring not. it back. Bring it back. <laughs> I mean, it didn't it's still go like away. out there. It's still <laughs> out there, but I just don't know. I don't know who I am as a product designer, unlike you, Cammy. I think you had a good grip on your who you were starting out from the get-go. Like, look at me. I have, like, the dumbest stuff ever sometimes, so. Uh, well, the thing is, like, the aesthetic for Thank You Society is so different from, like, yeah. Eliza Ann. And so I'm like, well, if I really, really wanted to do products, should I do them with the vibe of Eliza Ann and just make it this one big umbrella? And like, yeah. forget the goofy, funky other things I was working on because it pulls me in like two completely different aesthetic directions, which yeah. can get like really confusing or exhausting from a creative standpoint. I think to be like to put like my wedding invitation hat on and like really cool designs from that standpoint, and then put my funky, weird hat on for my other stuff. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. know. <laughs> no, it is a lot. But you also just did this whole thing with your rebrand, like to make it purely invitation focused right yes so I, know, I, I did like <laughs> well I, if I did if I did do anything like on Eliza Ann all I would add is a link that says shop and it would go to like a Shopify website for Eliza Ann products it yeah. would be like it's an, an entirely separate website I feel like something that would work for that would be like also obviously your wax seals but then like really beautiful and elegant like thank you notes or whatever something like that you know yes or it's like or like personal stationery like the ones that have like a cute little like monogram at the top and they're like flat cards like beautifully packaged with like pretty ribbon yep like that's what I exactly I want to think of those things in that realm to like build upon this new branding look that I have now yeah so exciting and like so great and I don't know I'm glad that I put Thank You Society out there (laughs) but it's like I flipped the coin and now I was like oh Maybe that's like not what I wanted to do. I don't know. I, was no, I think it is. I think it is what you wanted to do. Don't don't doubt yourself. You know what you wanted to do. You're doing good. I think it means that I definitely have an interest in products. I just don't think that that line of products is like the right fit in the long run. Yeah, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Well, hmm. <laughs> one little note. Do you want to hear this product idea I had <laughs> yesterday? Yes. I don't know how I'm going to make this work or if it matches with anything, but listen to this. I'm just, I'm laughing at myself. Okay, tennis matches. Get it? It's like a little match set, but they're going to have like little tennis, and I'm going to be like, oh, it's tennis matches. 
Oh my gosh, like a like a box of matches, but yeah, like the tops are like, green and yeah. look like tennis. Yeah, tennis that'd be like tennis matches. Like it's a tennis match. I don't know. <laughs> the little match would be like neon yellow. <laughs> That's really cute. I know, but like what does that have to do with like anything? what's the market for it? This reminds me of like when we came up with our corn soup. Oh my gosh, what about uh, cornhole come up soup? With? Yeah. Cornhole soup. That was yeah, like our whole savage, other yeah. Yeah random i know i know (laughs) i know i was like reading some tennis news i don't know and then i was and they were like tennis the tennis matches and i was like tennis matches and all of a sudden it just like freaking hit me i was like that would be so freaking funny i bet that exists though i haven't even looked i just like thought of it and was laughing really hard because i know my dad would just like love that so much (laughs) and then I mean, I'm not going to like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be adding matches into my line, but who knows? I might do that. Like, (laughs) I think it would be amazing. (laughs) It could be kind of cute, right? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it could be super cute. Tennis matchbook to see if anything. Oh, wait, here's some, but they're like for like weddings. They don't say tennis matches. They just say like the Reynolds with crossed tennis rackets. Oh, no. Yeah, that's Here's some from Wes Anderson. What is this? From Wes Anderson? Like the filmmaker. Yeah, no, this says Wes Anderson meets Matchbook Magazine. Okay, so someone did make these, but they're like very old and vintage. So I feel like I could do them. (gasps) You could. Bring them back. Bring them back. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to call Pop and tell him about it. (laughs) Get a kick out of it. But from a markability perspective, like... I think I'm just going to make your- them for me and my dad and he can sell them at his little tennis shop that he has. <laughs> yeah. That would be so we actually have like this whole matchbook collection. He has like this giant thing. Next time you're at our house, I'm going to have to show you because it's really cool. And I used to dump them all out and look at all the matchbook designs. And it's just so cool. He has like all these fun vintage ones. Like, oh my gosh. My grandfather has a ton actually. So yeah, that was like one of my most favorite things to do as a kid was like get those out and like dump them all out and look at them. He also, my grandpa, I helped him sort through a bunch of them a couple years back, and he had all these old ones for, like, the Trump Tower. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Grandpa, you should, like, try to list these. You might be able to, like, get something for them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Seriously. Oh, I bet I bet they do. Go- I mean, are matchbooks a thing? I don't know. It's fun stuff. Yeah, people collect them. He definitely... Took a whole bunch, I think, to a guy, a gentleman, or was planning to before everything with COVID happened. Um, yeah. But he had a gentleman who was going to like buy a bunch off of him because there are definitely people who that collect is, them. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. I remember one of the ones my dad had. It was like like the matches themselves were like you know like the leg lamp in a Christmas story with like the fishnet stockings, like a high heel. The matches yes. were those like little fancy legs with high heels, and I just like love that one. Like they're really fun. <laughs> yeah, that is super fun. I know. I know. I really like any like themed stuff like Me that. Too. Like um, I get such a kick out of it. But anyway, <laughs> you guys, before we just talk on about matches for the rest of our lives, um, I hope this episode was super helpful and I'm excited to see you guys introduce some um, new product categories into your business. And you can let us know on Instagram what you're thinking about adding or what you've already added and your success with them or what you think about tennis matches, all those things. Just let us know. We're on Instagram at bizbirthdaybash. Yay. Exciting. If you like the BizBash podcast, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It means the world to us when we get to see all the comments from you guys talking about what you enjoy hearing from us. And yeah, that's that. 
Yeah. And then, of course, <laughs> don't forget about the ADP directory. It's bizbirthdaybash.com slash directory. And you can use the code podcast2020 to save 20 bucks off your membership. Boom. All right. That's a good note to end on. <laughs> Holla. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining today. We will see you next time. Bye, guys. I love you so much. <laughs> Bye.